time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., still digging out from the two feet of snow that he had and no plows in Washington. Uh, Jamie Dupree will be joining us in Des Moines uh, sometime tomorrow, I guess, right? Hey, Sean, yeah, I hope to get to the airport later today. My neighbor and I at about 8 this morning went out there and we started shoveling to get to the street that had been plowed. And uh, the kids and our wives came out, and by noontime we'd done it. And then uh, the people who live a few doors down from me started out, and they started digging out. So we're going to free our street today before I head for the airport. In a few so minutes. this is amazing to me, and I'm sure you don't pay as much in taxes as I do in New York. All right, so maybe I get something. I'll give you I get a run sh- for your money. I get my streets plowed. And, and here you are. <laughs> this is four days after a snowstorm, and they still have not plowed your street. It's, uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to uh, get on the radio and bash uh, where I live. It's just the way it's always been. It could be better, yes, but uh, this area just does not deal well with big snowstorms and never has. That's unbelievable. All right, I mean, I grew up as a kid in Detroit and Chicago along the way, and I remember we moved here when I was going into high school, and we'd never heard of having a day off or a delayed opening of school for winter weather or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And one time I went down to the bus stop and stood there and stood there, and nobody else was there, and finally somebody opened up their door and said, hey, school's delayed for two hours. I said, two <laughs> hours? What's that all about? And that's <laughs> when going... we found out that because there had been an inch of snow, they delayed school. But in Detroit and Chicago, we went to school. It didn't matter. But this area, it's, it's just crazy. different. Whether it's D.C., whether it's Maryland or Virginia, it's just the way it is. My daughter's saying to me on Saturday, I guess we won't be at school Monday. I'm like, you're going to be at school Monday, and we by won't have Sunday the streets will clear. Week. I mean, <laughs> we won't have school all week here, I bet. I, it, it is it is, I, it's inexplicable. Well, I mean, it's four days after a storm, and these incompetent idiots and, and bureaucracies can't can't plow a, a street. It's uh, That would drive me nuts. Yeah, right, we got well, a lot to talk we about. started digging today. So Let me give you my take on the ground from Iowa, and I think it's reflected in some of the polls, you know, the we have a number of polls out today. One shows it's close between Trump and Cruz and other polls shows Trump pulling away. Then you've got a, a new Iowa poll by the Des Moines Register saying that, in fact, it's Cruz that's on top of Trump. And I keep going back to something that I think we've got to pay attention to. And I cannot tell my audience with any certainty how I think this is going to play out. The poll surveys show uh, a turnout model that has not happened in 100 years by almost 100,000. Yeah, you know, huge and, turnout. Yeah, huge. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. So like a 200% voter increase from uh, their biggest caucus turnout back in 2008. Uh, and then you got to look at the history between 2004, 2008, 2012, the disparity between what the aggregate poll numbers were going into the caucuses versus what the outcome is. I mean, in some cases, off by 25 points. So the only thing I seem to have some confidence in telling this audience is that it probably is coming down to Trump and Cruz. I can't say anything else beyond that. Can you? Yeah, I, I think that, look, the, the latest polls keep showing us a very familiar trend, and that is Trump and Cruz ahead in Iowa with Rubio a distant third, but he's the only other one who is above uh, in double digits. Nobody else seems to be making a move. There there doesn't seem to be any anecdotal evidence that uh, another Republican is all of a sudden getting momentum on the ground. Now, maybe in the next few days that changes. Uh, again, the polls show that people make up their mind at the last minute, sometimes as many as 40 or 50 percent of the voters in Iowa. But right now, it just sort of seems with the 
endorsement today by Jerry Falwell Jr. for Trump. Uh, he's been on the attack again against Cruz over the birther argument more. Cruz has been hitting him back uh, about not being a conservative, but I just don't think that argument from Ted Cruz has had as much impact as what Trump has been up to. Now, again, it all depends how many of the new Trump people turn out next Monday night. Uh, you know, historically, the people who say they didn't vote last time don't really turn out in big numbers. But there is evidence out there from Republicans of people, you know, the phone ringing off the hook. Where do I go to vote? Where do I go to caucus? Where is it? Well, you know, how do I find out? So, you know, what, what what's the lesson we have learned from the last few months? Donald Trump has broken all the rules. I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just done things in an unconventional manner, and it's worked. So why wouldn't it work next Monday night? I think that's, that's a good indicator. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, both you and I agree that national polls, I think they're significant in as much as um, if you look at the latest CNN ORC poll that has come out, uh, you've got more than four in 10 Republican voters nationwide saying that they're backing Donald Trump. He now is standing at 41 percent, which more than doubles the support of his nearest competitor, which is Ted Cruz, is notching in at 19 percent. No other candidate hits double digits in this poll. Um, I would normally say that this is a state by state race, but I don't think you can ignore um, a guy pulling away to that extent. Am I no, wrong? But then again, I would say if Donald Trump lost in Iowa, no. uh, I would think that would give a boost boost nationally to Cruz and then Trump would slip a little. You know, the, the national polls are all about momentum. And so let's just wait. But what you dig into those polls, what you do see again is how Trump is able to appeal across the board, all stripes of the Republican Party. Cruz is weighted much more on one side, the very conservative Republicans, while Trump does fairly well with them, very well in the middle and very well on the left as well of the party. He is able to get a broad midsection that I think any Republican leader would look at that if they had no idea it was Donald Trump and they would love to have that candidate. Now the issue is, can he bring them out to the polls? Maybe we're about to see a big tidal wave come to the polls for Donald Trump in both Iowa and New Hampshire. Don't you think at this point, if you were working with either the Trump campaign or the Cruz campaign, there's got to be a level of managing expectations, considering the unpredictable nature of where we are at this moment? Maybe for Cruz, but why should Trump manage his expectations? Why would he suddenly become a, okay, because a politician who would do that? You know, I mean, he clearly is going for the win in Iowa. There, There's no like, he's not looking to finish second. I don't think second would damage him that much, but uh, it would sort of poke a hole in him a little that had not been seen as yet. But, you know, I, I just think right now he has seized back the momentum over the last week or so with his birther attacks, with his other attacks on Cruz, and and, and shown me a level of political acumen that I think has is still caught most of the Republican Party, all wings of it, very flat-footed. Let me go to last night's town hall that they had with Hillary, Bernie, and O'Malley, although I don't think most people on a street corner could identify who O'Malley is. He's not really factoring in in this uh, in this race much, uh, nor showing up in the polls. It could be interesting if he does better than he's been polling. But I thought there were a couple of moments. It's interesting, the spin from the media is that Hillary had a great night. But when you have a, a young female voter asking Hillary Clinton, and telling her that, well, there's quite a few people my age that think you are dishonest. And I thought a flimsy answer blaming, again, um, Republicans for the inspector general report that was appointed by Obama and confirmed by a Democratic majority in the Senate. I'm, I'm not so sure that that's going to play particularly well. And I've got to argue at this point that Hillary Clinton's probably in much bigger trouble when you look at the polls in Iowa, New Hampshire, and, of course, this email scandal hanging over her head. And um, then, then maybe she's even even acknowledging herself. No, I thought last night was interesting because of each 
candidate, if you didn't watch it, each of the three had 30 minutes. And so they weren't all up there at the same time. But they made sure that they were not just given softballs by their supporters who were at the town hall on CNN. And that's why people who supported Sanders were able to ask her a question and ask about that and the email thing. And the answer did fall a little flat. I think more than anything, it just is a reminder to me. I keep hearing people say, oh, well, if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination, he's not going to be able to take on Hillary Clinton. I I just don't. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about how he's been so far. Why should it stop with just the Republican Party? To me, you look at that email thing with Hillary Clinton, and it's just a hanging curveball for Trump to go after it almost hourly, whether on Twitter, whether on the stump, whether on TV or whatever, and just go at it over and over and over again. And even if there is no legal problem that surfaces for Hillary Clinton during the next nine months, it's still out there. And those issues are still there. And yes, she has not come up. I think the Washington Post said something today that she has not really come up with a good answer to put that whole deal to rest. You know, and it's interesting to even get the comments from Bloomberg supporters that he would only consider running if, in fact, Hillary is indicted. I mean, the fact that it's so being so openly discussed among liberals, among Democrats, um, is pretty amazing at this point. It's almost like a, a, a sort of matter-of-fact-ish for most people. Yeah, look, I think that obviously she has run into troubles, and I don't think you, you can ignore where we were eight years ago at this time when she looked like she was going to win. She was going to easily dispatch both John Edwards and Barack Obama, and then it did not happen. You know, I think there's a lot of people who wonder, is this going to be real? repeated this time around and you can't just ignore it uh it's it's happened before to her but uh she uh, certainly all the indicators are there that the clinton people have a very strong ground game in order they have been doing a ton of work uh watching them on social media for the last four or five months it has been work that has been non-stop well we'll find out next monday whether or not they're really able to get those people out to caucus or whether bernie sanders is going to be in sense sean like donald trump and able to bring new people in and a new sort of wave inside his party in order to defeat her I thought that was one of the more interesting pieces I have read, uh, and it was by Eliana Johnson, who works for National Review, and very, very interesting. She's describing a Cruz campaign that is heading up the most data-driven campaign in the GOP race, employing cutting-edge technology, profiling, targeting, and turning out supporters, and how their decisions are based on actual data, according to a senior Cruz advisor. It's something, uh, if we see something and my gut says no, if there's data that disproves what I think is wrong, too bad. Um, and then they point out, they went into a long explanation how they are using and pointing to scholarly articles, one written by Jim Campbell at the University of Buffalo, who's now spent decades measuring the impact of swing voters on presidential elections, wrote a book in 2014, The Gamble, a data-driven account of the 2012 election. Um, and what's fascinating about this, they're using that academic work uh, about the influencing of swing voters in a way that they are now describing that they feel they have picked up the formula to win in a general election. Well, the only thing I would say about Cruz on that front is Cruz still has sort of an Achilles heel in trying to pick up the, the swing voters and the moderate voters and the independent voters. And it's spelled out repeatedly in the numbers that he just does not attract a lot of support from those except those who are very conservative. He does well with some somewhat conservative, but when you start moving away from that and you move over toward the moderate wing of the party, that backing is just not there, whereas it is there for Donald Trump. So you can have the best data 
that you can imagine to ferret out who is going to vote. But I think that uh, there are a lot of Republicans here in D.C. who look at Cruz and see that as a general election issue, whereas mm-hmm. for now, at least, Donald Trump does not seem to have that kind of problem. You know, what's pretty fascinating about that, because if you look at five of the last six Iowa polls, it has Trump in the lead. The week before was probably the opposite. So, again, I, I there's an unpredictability here in all of this. Sure. Well, remember and, how many people decide at the last minute, and, you know, we've seen it and you keep mentioning it and I think it deserves to be mentioned again and again and again. We learned the hard way about polls yet another lesson not only recently with the election Exactly. But I go back to 2008 in New Hampshire when Barack Obama was supposed to beat Hillary Clinton. The polls told us it was not even going to be close and it didn't happen. So, again, we have to sort of back away and say, let the voters uh, tell us the message next Monday night. Yeah. All right. Uh, One other thing. Did you know that there was a report out just on a side note here? Feds are now foreseeing a 30 trillion dollar debt in a fairly short period of time. And the Congressional Budget Office reported that this would happen within a decade, and they're blaming, quote, an aging population, new spending and tax cuts, uh, uh, I don't know, new spending, rather, and tax cuts approved on Capitol Hill. I mean, this is now this is now putting America into, like, junk bond status if we go that far that fast. Well, I don't think it's really any big uh, alteration of the dynamic as to where we were. The, the budget deal of a couple months ago added a little, but it certainly isn't going to make that much of a difference. We've been headed on that uh, trajectory for a number of years, and neither party's been able to do anything about it. And also, you know, I, I think in divided government, frankly, it's almost impossible to do anything about it because the two parties look at the solution as much different. Uh, one side doesn't want to talk about increasing revenues, and the other side, that's pretty much all they'd like to talk about. So, uh, yes, it it's there. It's a gigantic issue, and I haven't seen really anybody that's ready. They say they're ready to deal with it, but I don't think any politician in either party is really ready for the choices that have to be made. I, I want to know if anybody has the resolve to tackle that, because that's going to mean significant reduction in spending and the end of any growth in terms of uh budgetary uh, movement in, in Washington. At some time, you that's have a, to that's deal like with telling it, a crack addict we'll and a heroin it. addict they have to get off their yeah. drug. We'll only deal with it exactly when all of a sudden there's a big financial issue Crisis. that uh, is exactly yeah. that's related to it. All right, Jamie, we'll see you here. Sorry that four days later you still haven't been plowed out. That is just <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> that like is I the said, most... we used our own shovels and we made it to yeah. the uh, street today. So uh, it took about four hours to do, but it was well worth it and we'll free the others on the block as well. All right, Jamie, thanks for see being with us. We'll see you here in studio tomorrow 